Good evening and welcome to Four Dose Productions, episode 213, Milkshake Monday. Now, before we start with the title, which will be, uh, let it be according to your word, the unfolding to fulfillment. It's going to be talking about Jesus Christ and Mary, his mother. So before I start, I wanted to share, I had the opportunity this past weekend, I had a medical situation and I was so blessed because the Lord allowed for people around me to react and help me. I was blessed to have a wonderful EMT from Mount Weathers FEMA uh, ambulance service help me. Brian, thank you. And the people at the emergency room of I, I, I Nova in Lansdowne were wonderful and I'm doing fine. And I appreciate all of you all for your thoughts and prayers because they extend throughout all the time that you all continue to do it. And the Lord just covered me and I'm just giving him a testimony of praise and thank you for all that occurred and to give me mindfulness to not be in heat without drinking enough water. So that is very important for everybody as a public service announcement. Also, I wanted to share the thanks and appreciation to you all who have looked and read and heard the blog called The Flinch. And it was my personal body image struggle. And it was something I wrote after I had a real occurrence last Tuesday night with a young lady. And it's really something that has touched many women and girls. And I just want to share that the Lord put it on my heart. And I'm really grateful that I, I that it was shared. Uh, and it, if it could help a lot of people, I really pray that it will. Now tonight, we're going to have a deep dive on the mother of Jesus, Mary, because there's a lot of misinformation about Mary that's not biblical. And I wanted to just touch on that, especially now because we're in October. And as you get closer and closer to December, many people start focusing on the Christmas story and they think about things in the you know, the baby in the manger and that kind of thing. And then we start interjecting things that have been historically taught as tradition. But I think it's really important for us to actually know what the Bible teaches, especially on Mary, the mother of Jesus, because we've allowed certain religions or denominations or stuff to start introducing things that are just not biblical. And I just wanted to touch on it because the Lord put it on my heart. So I wanted to share with you. So we're going to have a lot of things that we're going to talk about tonight. So we're going to be in scripture, but here's the thing I want us to just at a high level, some of the things that we've heard, even if you're not somebody that goes to church all the time, or you don't spend a lot of time uh, studying the Bible, or if you're in the Catholicism faith or certain these other faiths, you are taught things, but I want to make sure that we are learning and understanding things that are in the Bible, as opposed to things that may be oral tradition and may not be biblically based. So let me give you a couple of things that we have known or shared in the past over oral tradition. And we will see those things, some of them in this Bible text tonight, or you may not see it. If you don't see it, and it's saying something different than what your oral tradition is. I want you to understand the Bible is a scripture. Jesus became flesh and he's the word. And John one says he's the word and he's the truth. So we want to make sure that if it's biblical, that is the truth and anything made up, that's not the truth. So here's some things that we always know. We said, Mary was a virgin. She's the mother of Jesus. We know that in the childhood, Joseph and Mary lost Christ. And we know that in the Catholicism, they have the rosary, which a lot of people will pray and they reference to Mary as the blessed mother. We know that also these are, these are things that we kind of know whether we have factual basis for them in the scripture or not, but I'm just telling you, we know that at the wedding feasts, the first miracle of Christ was after his mother, Mary said that they ran out of wine. We also know 
that she was a follower because we know that she was often mentioned in the Gospels and also in Acts. We also know that the focus from the very beginning when Mary was even told about conception that she would have a son named Jesus and who we would be. So knowing that, let's start in the scripture. Let's go to Luke chapter one, verses 26 to 56, because a lot of content about Mary is there. And I want us to get the basis and the foundation clearly understood from there. And we're going to read it out of the NIV. Now the title I gave you saying, let it be according to your word was coming out of the new King James version. But when we read it from this version, it'll be a little different wording. So let's start at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin. So we know she's a virgin. Pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. We know her name. She's Mary and she's a virgin. And she's betrothed to Joseph, who's in the descendant of David. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now it didn't say she's with the Lord. It said the Lord is with you. And it's the Lord is saying through an angel, Gabriel, he has found her highly favored. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Not that she is giving favor to God, but that God has found favor with her. I want to keep emphasizing that because in this oral tradition that's been passed down and what we are following, it seems like that Mary is taking a greater role than God and Jesus. But I don't want you to have that understanding because it is God who is favoring Mary not the other way around. It says here, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Now, again, she's a virgin. She has not been with a man, whether it's her betrothed. She is an absolute virgin at this point. She said, it says here, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. So she knew his name. Also, if you go to Matthew, you know that Joseph is also told his name and his sex and that his wife has been is no been, there's been no sexual activity. It's been because of the Holy Spirit. So in verse 32, he will be great. Now this is about Christ. So when you start to see things about what I'm talking about unfolding to the fulfillment is you're going to see that what she's told here in Luke chapter one, these things are going to be fulfilled by the time this teaching is over. And what we're going to see in the scriptures, you're going to see that things are going to unfold and that ultimately the fulfillment of what is being said here in Luke one about who Jesus Christ is, will be fulfilled. And she's a part of his story. Of course, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. At no time was it ever said that Mary had any part of the throne. Mary has no part of a reign of the high, the most high God. Mary has nothing to do with the, the status of the Lord's kingdom, which will reign forever and never end. She is going to be the mother who is at this time a virgin and the Holy Spirit will conceive, show that he's going to conceive this baby without her or any other man. So that's clear. In verse 35, 
The angel answered, excuse me, verse 34. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. So there's no question. At this time, she is a virgin. No sex, none. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, overshadow the womb that normally would require an egg and a sperm. All of that is going to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand at this very time, she is a virgin and she's without any child in her body. There's no embryos, there's no nothing. She is a virgin. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her six, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. All of that we're hearing right now is the messenger from Gabriel who's giving her the word of God about her favor and the fact that she has been so highly favored that she is going to have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit overshadow her womb and conceive the son of the most high God. Verse 38 is operative. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. She understood her role was she is under the leadership, the sovereignty, the lordship of the Lord. She is not in the place. She is not any place where we are to endow her with the same kind of royalty or reigning as the Lord, the Savior, his son, or the Holy Spirit. She says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And that's why I put let it be according to your word. Then the angel left her. At this point in time, the Holy Spirit, when she said, I am the Lord's servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. It was fulfilled instantly. And if you don't believe me, I want you to understand. It's going to show you why she was pregnant at that point. At that point. Look at what it says under verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Before I read these passages, I want you to see these verses. You have to understand that at her greeting to Elizabeth when she comes in, because the Holy Spirit had overshadowed her and her womb is now filled with Christ Jesus as that embryo growing to be a child, that endowment of the Holy Spirit that overshadowed her, as soon as she is coming to the house, the Spirit of God is going to launch and endow himself on Elizabeth to the point that she's going to say the baby leaped in her womb. But then she's going to have the word of knowledge. That's why you have to learn about the Bible, the spiritual gifts, because she's going to start saying things. She's just seen her cousin come in. She doesn't know what happened with the angel Gabriel earlier, but through the Holy Spirit and the word of knowledge, she's going to start saying stuff that the word of knowledge through the spirit of God is going to be speaking through her. And let's see how this is true and how you'll know she's pregnant based on these words. Verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Now, she's not said why she's blessed, but she says, blessed are you among women. 
and blessed is the child you will bear. To her knowledge, Mary is betrothed, hasn't married Joseph, is still a virgin, and now she, she knows that Mary has walked into her house, given her a greeting, and she's pregnant. That's because the Holy Spirit had been filled in Elizabeth, through Elizabeth, and she knew some things supernaturally through the Holy Spirit giving revelations to it. And then it says here, but why am I so favored that the mother, now she said you have a child inside. Now she's going to say the mother, the mother of the Lord. She's already understanding the Christ child. You are the mother of the Christ child should come to me. Do you understand how the supernatural revelation of the Holy Spirit coming upon Elizabeth gave her that understanding? And she understands supernaturally in that realm what has happened to Mary and her body and what's in her womb is the Christ child that they have been waiting for. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, as soon as it hit the ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. She's understanding what was said supernaturally in a conversation she wasn't even a part of because the Holy Spirit was there because he already understood that Mary was told what she was told and that she said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be according to your word. That we, we run past these things because we get all into Christmas and, and gifts and stuff, but we don't see the power of the Lord happening here. The supernatural reign of the Lord and the spirit, the realm is unfolding and showing us stuff. And what happens is Satan wants us to get so bogged down with the oral traditions that are so off base sometimes that we don't see. Look at what's happening here. Now look at Mary's song. I want you to hear the song because she has the Christ child in her. She's singing the song and Elizabeth is there with her baby who's leaped in the womb because of the Holy Spirit and that greeting. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. She's in a humility, humble position. She would be the first to say, don't elevate me for God. Don't put me in a place that only Christ can be. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. He's her savior because guess what? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. If he had not come, if his purity in being without sin had not come, she would die a sinner's death. Just like I would die and you would die. She understood that God was her savior, her Lord and savior. Even though she has this miraculous event of the Holy Spirit overshadowing her womb to conceive the Christ child, she still understands that she is a servant of God and that she has Christ himself. Even though she's physically going to be carrying him in her womb, he's her savior. She is a sinner just like you and I, and she's saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and because of the blood of Jesus. The salvation is as much hers as it is ours. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's why they say blessed mother. They've mispronounced it. They call, but they've taken it to a whole nother level. Yes, she's been blessed and highly favored, but she is not in any capacity 
in the, the reign or the throne of God. That was never said about Mary. Mary was highly favored of the Lord. Yes. Mary was overshadowed through the Holy Spirit. Yes. Mary was the mother of Christ. Yes. Mary was a virgin at this time. Yes. She was endowed with the Holy Spirit to have this child. Yes. But she still has him as his, as her Lord and Savior. She's still his servant. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Not holy is her name. Holy is his name. The Lord Jesus Christ's name is holy. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. She is elevating Jesus Christ. She is sharing how wonderful and powerful and almighty what they have talked about, the son of the most high God. Her song is about Christ. It says Mary's song, but it's all about Jesus Christ. The elevation in what she's exalting and who she's exalting is not herself. It's not herself. It's Jesus Christ. It says here, he, he, all these different things in these next verses. He, 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 not she, not me. It's he, he and he. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Just as he promised our ancestors, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So in her song, in the conversation for the messenger from Gabriel to her in Mary's greeting to Elizabeth in Elizabeth's word of knowledge through the Holy Spirit about what Mary was going through, who she was. It was all still focused on the Christ child. All the focus was understanding the most high God and what he had done. Now there's this, Next passage. So we've seen that she's a virgin at this time. We see she's the mother of Christ. We see that she's not been touched. We see the Holy Spirit in his whole overshadowing of her womb for that conception. Now we're going to talk about that Mary, after the birth of Jesus Christ, had sons and daughters. She did not remain a virgin. She had relations sexually with her husband, Joseph, who is the stepfather of Jesus Christ, because God, the father is his father. And in his natural, which he is deity and he has natural, he is a, he's a man, he's a boy who becomes a man, but Mary is married to Joseph. He never touched Mary sexually until after Jesus Christ was born, but he did have relations with his wife. And these scriptures I'm going to show you all tonight are going to talk about Jesus Christ's mother, who's Mary and his brothers and his sisters. They don't identify how many sisters, but in, in order to have sisters plural, we know it's more than one. So he had at least two. So he has some brothers and he had sisters. It, well, I will list out the five brothers that we know, and we have the two sisters. So I want us to understand that she was a virgin at the birth of Jesus Christ. After Jesus Christ was born, she was with her husband and they had other children. So here we're going to go to the first passage. Mark 6, we're in the new NIV, and we're going to have this. 
in the NIV. And here's another thing. As we read this passage out of Mark 6, we're going to see that even with his brothers and sisters and their relatives and the people in the town that he grew up with, they saw him when he was Joseph's son. Joseph was a carpenter. They'll say the carpenter's son. And they'll reference Jesus as a carpenter. They can only see him in the natural. They didn't want to receive him in his role in the capacity of the Lord and Savior. They only wanted to see him as he was in the natural. But as he started to do different signs and miracles, the people in his own town and even his relatives questioned what was going on. Even though Mary had already seen and heard from Gabriel what exactly, who exactly Christ was going to be. So she shouldn't really have been confused, but yet she was with these sons, these grown up sons, and they had some concerns. So let's see these scriptures. So Mark chapter six, I'm going to start at verse, we're going to be Mark six. We're going to start at verse one. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brothers and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? So I have one, two, three, four, 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 not five. And his, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. But I want you to see Mary's son, which we know Mary was his mother, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. So Mary had five. We know that Christ was the first and she'd had them supernaturally. And then she had these four other sons, total five sons. And then she had daughters because they talked about these sisters. Jesus said to them in verse four of Mark six, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own town among his relatives. And those brothers and sisters are his relatives and mama and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Now go to, that was Mark 6 verses 1 through 6. This is Matthew 12 verses 46 through 50 in the NIV. This is going to, again, reference uh, Jesus' mother and brothers. So she's not a virgin at this point. She is no longer a virgin. In verse 46, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, I will say this to you because we have elevated Mary in such a place that she's almost the walking on water person, that she's the one that you are praying to in her name and doing things through her. That is nothing that I, I'm going to show you. I'm going to make it plain because he's saying to everybody, 
that these people are saying, hey, these people are out here, your mother and your brothers, stop what you're doing and, and, and pay attention to them. Listen to them. Come outside. And he's putting an uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. I'm not elevating because God is no respecter person, even his brothers and his mother. And that's what Christ is letting us know. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He's letting them know there is no special treatment, no respecter of personhood, even with his natural in the flesh relatives, that he is deity talking now about a faith relationship. So now we're going to get to the first miracle because I don't want you to think I'm making something up. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm trying to speak the word because it's important for us to start getting into the word and not being ignorant of what the word of God is teaching about Christ. He's not teaching us to adore and worship other people in the stories around him. He is the savior. He is the son of the most high God. God is well pleased with Christ Jesus. Yes, Mary was highly favored and she was the mother of Christ. Yes, that's true. Luke 1 is true. But we have to remember the focus has to be on Jesus Christ. Now, here's the situation at the wedding. What you're going to see as I'm getting ready to read is he's not going to call her mother. He's going to call her woman. Not out of disrespect, but to have the understanding that in his role as deity, even though he's deity and he's a natural man, he is now doing the work of his father fully. In the three and a half years of his ministry, he has got to do what he's got to do for our salvation. Our eternal salvation for unity with the Lord is dependent on these three and a half years and the time frame of the father, the son and the Holy Spirit, not Mary's timeline. So here we are in John chapter two, still in the NIV version, starting at verse one. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus's mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone. So those of you that say you can't drink wine because you're super spiritual and it's just illegal and ungodly and all that stuff. If you have an addiction of some kind, or you're going to be doing something that makes others be in a place where they would, you know, have a problem, that's one thing. But just to say that people can't drink that are legally of age and responsible, you got to be careful because this story is showing that at this wedding was wine and Jesus is going to turn water into wine. So if it was something that was evil and shouldn't have been done, why would you think a savior who had no sin would have his first miracle be turning water into wine? So I wanted you to be careful when you start to put these proclamations and, you know, legalist things to make sure you have your facts of the Bible correct. It says, and they, the wine was gone. Jesus' mother said to him, didn't tell him, but said to him, but she was inferring something needed to be done. But that's why Christ has to come back and let her understand. You're not going to be able to tell me what to do in your role as my mother that supernaturally be conceived using your body, you're not going to be able to tell me what to do, that he's deity. And she, like all of us, is needing of his salvation. They have no more wine. Verse four, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. 
His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. She didn't go back to talk to Jesus after he said it. He did, she just talked to the servants. Do whatever he tells you. Assuming that Jesus was going to tell them something. And in the next couple of verses, you're going to see Jesus does tell them something. He made a choice and decision and he's going to get involved. But if he's making that decision himself, even though his mother initially brought the issue of the wine being gone to him. But she had to be checked by Jesus and said, woman, like to say, this is not what you do. This is not your role. Then it says here in verse six, nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And then you all know it's such a great wine that the master talks to the groomsmen and they said, you should have bought the good stuff in the beginning and the bad stuff after people had to fill. But anyway, that's the first miracle. And it says here, after they, it says in verse 11, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Look at verse 12. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. They stayed there for a few days. Again, these brothers who are his brothers and his mama. So mama had Jesus and her other sons with her because she was no longer the Virgin Mary. She was the mother of Jesus and these other boys. These are the boys that Joseph fathered. Now let's talk about prayer because it's a big thing with Mary and prayer. And I'm going to show you in John 14, there is no mention of bringing Mary in any regard into our prayer life. And I'm not trying to be offensive to a certain group. I'm just saying the word of God does not teach that Mary is a part of the prayer life. It is the father who hears our prayers through the name of his son, Jesus Christ, who is the son of the most high God, our savior. We are his servants. We come before him with our petitions and supplications and our thanksgiving. But Mary, as the scriptures show, is not a part of the prayer life of any of us. And beads, and there's no beads in this story. We're bringing stuff in that's not even part of the biblical story. So that's why we have to be careful because as people are trying to show fallacies, and things that people are saying, they have things that when people start to do oral tradition and traditions of men and elevating traditions of men, instead of the holy inspired, spiritually inspired scriptures, that's where we can get ourselves in trouble. Make sure whatever we're saying and teaching and proclaiming is in the word of God. Because God says in the end of Revelation, you can't add stuff. You can't be adding stuff or taking away stuff by the spirit inspired word of God. And I understand we have all these different books and supplementals and all this stuff, but you have to be careful because we can lead people astray if we don't stick to the scriptures of what God says. I'm not being somebody who's trying to be offensive. I'm just saying we have to tell the truth in love. So in John 14 verses six through 14, talking about prayer, Jesus answered because there's a question about show us the way because he's getting ready to leave. So here's the question to him. So Jesus answered, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. Only him. It wasn't any extra thing. He's not St. Peter. It's not Mary. It's not Judas. It's uh, not Judas the Iscariot, but Judas, the other thing. It's not John the Baptist. It's not all these different things. It's not Abraham. It's not Isaac. It's not Moses. It says here, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. There is no other course to get through salvation except through him. That is Christ Jesus's words, not Anita Helms words. That's Christ Jesus's words. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do not know him and have, excuse me, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father that we, that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and that the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the father living in me who is doing his work. Believe in me when I say that I am in the father. Now, here's what I want you to see and hear clearly. I am in the father. The father's in me. It's father and Jesus, the father and Jesus, father and Jesus. Then he's going to talk about the helper, the Holy Spirit. There is no mention of his mother. Mary is a sinner saved by grace. She was highly favored to be the mother of Christ. Praise God for that. Praise the Lord that she was highly favored. She's blessed. She was blessed as she says in her song, but this combination of who's reigning, who's on the throne, whose kingdom it is, it is no question is the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. It says here, believe me when I say that I am in the father, and the father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. It's not believing in anybody else. It doesn't matter if somebody's in high authority in some church, some congregation, some bishop, some pastor, some pope, some priest, some cardinal, some whatever y'all want to say. It says, whoever believes in me, that's Jesus Christ. It's nobody else. Stop putting other people into the line of succession of the, of the throne of God. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, the Trinity. That's it. You don't have a fourth. You don't have a fifth. You don't have a seventh. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Didn't say somebody else's name. Didn't say put that person's name. Didn't say, oh, well, go into this person and you talk to them and then you can talk to me. It says you go and ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name. It didn't say you through, it said you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. It's about Jesus. It's the son. It's the son. You are going to the father in the son's name, in his name. Cause he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except through me. So there were no exceptions. There will be no exceptions. That is it. He has said it plainly and clear. It says, you may ask me, you may ask me talking to Jesus Christ, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Nobody else. 
You ask the Father in my name and I will do it. I'm saying this with passion because we have got to understand that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it was only Jesus Christ who lived in a deity in a flesh body that was without sin. Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ. There is no saint. There is no holy person other than Jesus Christ. We can keep making things up. We can keep making it sound good. We can do all the things we want, but the only one without sin is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Mary was the mother of Jesus, highly favored, blessed does not mean that she is without sin and that she doesn't need the salvation of the Lord. And she didn't even say it. In Mary's song, she called him savior. She called herself servant. She said in Luke 1, I am your servant. I'm humbly. So we are doing something and we're twisting things that God did not want to be twisted. And here's the third part of the Trinity in that same verse. Verse 15, if you love me, love him, Jesus. If you love me, keep my commands. Don't you remember Exodus? Thou shalt have no other God before me. Don't put any other person to ever be before the Lord and certainly not anybody that he's come to save, which is all of us. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father. There's no second person. He said, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That advocate is the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the comforter. It is not a man. It's not a woman. It is not any kind of role, bishop, priest, cardinal, Pope, whatever y'all want to say, it is him asking the father for the Holy Spirit. It is the triune God. It is nothing extra that we're trying to put in. God wants us to understand that it is only through his son. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the father except through me. It says here, the spirit of truth. The reason why I'm emphasizing this tonight is because the spirit of truth is trying to reveal the word of God. But when we start to elevate oral traditions and traditions of men against what the truth of God says, it's not just with Mary. It's with many things. It's with many things with, we talk about the celebration of Christ. We talk about the celebration of this and that, but we add all this stuff into it. We have a part of truth and then we add all this extra stuff because it sounds good. It looks good. You, you have to take the communion, but you got to have white gloves on. You have to have a certain color of the year. You have to do this. It can't be this. It's got to be a special person. It's got to be ordained. These are fishermen. The fishermen that God took off of their boats and said, follow me. You got to go to do this. I don't have a problem with people learning and growing, getting ordained and licensed and all this stuff. But I said, remember, and even the titles, we call Jesus, Jesus. But we can't call another man, another man, because that's disrespectful. That's dishonoring. We call Jesus Christ, who's the savior of our salvation, Jesus by his first name. We call Peter, Peter, but no, it's not good enough. Peter, it's got to be St. Peter now. We can say Mary, but don't say Mary now because it's got to be a special Mary now. Everything we want to change to elevate things, but it's not according to what we're reading in the Holy Scriptures. It says here, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I'm going to tell you two or three more scriptures to be quick because of timing. Christ knew who Mary was. He recognized that she was the mother that brought him into the world. So in John 19 verses 25 through 28, 
at his crucifixion, he made sure his mother was taken care of because we don't see Joseph's name referenced in any in the gospel. So we assume that he's died. Verse 25 of John 19. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, which is John, he said to his mother, woman, again, this woman, he knew it was his mother, but he called her woman, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Now, Go to Acts chapter one, verses 12 through 14. I'm going really fast on these because of time. Mary continued in the faith, even after the crucifixion, even after the fact that he resurrected, even after the fact that she was living with John, the, 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 the disciple that Jesus loved, that verse 12 of Acts one says, then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room and where they were staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, the zealot and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus with his brothers, again, with his brothers and mothers. But guess what? They were praying and in supplication in one accord. But if Mary was a part of something they had to pray with, you got to understand this. They were praying in one accord, but they weren't praying because Mary was leading them. They weren't praying because Mary had some special part of it. She was praying too, because they had to pray as thus saith the Lord. Now let's go to these last two scriptures. James 1, 1, it says, James, this is Jesus's brother, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though he was his step half brother, he still recognized that he was a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. They all understood that they were servants of the most high God. They weren't elevating themselves. Mary was never elevating herself. That's something we in the natural are doing, but that's not what the word of God teaches. And lastly, go to Revelations 1 verse 5. I end on this because we know that John was the beloved disciple and that he was the one that Jesus said, this is your mother. And I want you to see on the, the island of Patmos, he was boiled in oil and he still lived and he got to see things in heaven and all the things that you will see in Revelation. Read Revelation, it's wonderful. But I want you to see verse five. It says, John speaking and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He washed all of us who love him to include his mother who was at one time living with John and has made us kings and priests to his God and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. I, I just wanted to, to let you know, I don't know why the Lord put this in my heart. It was not to cause offense. I, I promise you that it was not to cause offense, but it's to speak the truth and love about the word of God, because we have to understand that Christ is the focus. If you start to hear any other focus 
in your worship service that is not about Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and understanding who they are when it comes to our salvation, our prayer life, you have to be careful. Please be careful. Make sure that you are reading the word of God for yourself, praying the word of God, asking the Holy Spirit to give you understanding, to bring to your remembrance what you have studied out of the 66 books of the Bible. Because God says in the very end, I didn't plan to read that last bit, but let's see if I can read it real quickly for you. It says here, going to John, I mean, excuse me, Revelations chapter 22, and I'm going to start 18 to 20 and I'll end it. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this, of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so. Come, Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. It starts with him. It ends with him. He's in the middle. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through the Son. Hallelujah. Surely I'm coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. I pray for all of us to get in the word of God and study to show ourselves approved and go before the Lord and ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers because we need to get out the word of God. Thank you all for your continued prayers. I love you and God bless you. Lord willing, I will see you next Monday. Bye-bye.